Hello and welcome to Backchat, your podcast all about scoliosis, yoga and back care. My name is Christine Jaregiberry. I'm a yoga teacher, creator of the Yogaberry Yoga for Scoliosis community and YouTube channel. And this show is all about supporting you on your scoliosis journey. So if you're looking for practical advice and inspiration on how to manage the condition with yoga and movement, then you're in the right place. Hello, welcome everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're watching, you will probably see that I am in a different place today. I'm actually in my practice space. And if you are listening to this um, on Spotify or on your podcast app, then don't worry, I will be possibly demonstrating something. So this is why I decided to go into my practice space today. Um, but I will talk you through it, right? And then if you want to refer back to the video, then you can always do that, of course. So um, type into the chat. You know, guys, that this is a live stream. Um, so I always have, well, I'm, I'm, I'm always really thankful that I have people watching, watching live and asking their questions. Um, because this is what it makes it a back chat, right? Otherwise, it would just be a very one-sided thing. So make sure that you do use the chat box if you are here live and ask your questions. The purpose of this show is to um, connect with you guys, obviously, to make this relevant, to answer your questions. And what I'm discussing today is actually, again, from the Facebook group and we had a little discussion on there about backbend. So I thought it would be good to go into a little bit more detail um, about this topic. So again, this is why I'm in my practice space today because I thought um, it might be good to demonstrate a few things. So Laura, hi Laura. Thank you so much for tuning in. She's from Buenos Aires. Um, Shamala is here from Montreal. Hi guys, thank you so much for watching, um, for listening as well. And yes, a couple of things before I get started. Um, I do have a workshop coming up for yoga teachers. So if you are a teacher, make sure that you sign up for it. Um, it's going to be really, really good information on how to um, practice, well, how to teach people that have a scoliosis. And then those of you who are not teachers, don't worry, I do have another course coming up um probably towards the end of the year probably yeah maybe january not quite sure yet but i will keep you updated on that and if ever you want to practice with me feel free to come on a wednesday afternoon my time it's 4 p.m bst um to join me in a yoga class and and really get the the benefits of the practice because at the end of the day what we're doing here is talking which is good for the brain and it's good to understand and it's good to get the information. But the real yoga at the end of the day um, is happening when you get yourself onto your mat and you actually practice the stuff, you actually feel it in your body and you start to explore um, how maybe one side might feel different from the other. Good, hi Linda, Linda is saying hello from Vancouver Island, Canada. Fabulous. So guys who are here live, feel free to let me know if you've got any specific questions about 
backbending. Are there any poses that you want to discuss? Are there any uh, things that you find difficult? Are there, um, maybe you're not quite sure if, if you should be backbending at all. Is this a good idea? How does it feel for you? Hi from Iraq. <laughs> Thank you so much. Again, very international audience today. So I'm going to start talking about maybe some of the why do we backbend in the first place, right? What, what is the big deal? Why does this always come up? So in a good, well-structured yoga class, you will have a little bit of everything, right? You're going to have some forward bending. We're going to have some back bending. You're going to have some side bending and you're gonna have some twisting. So we're basically taking the spine into all the directions that, um, that are possible really. And moving is, is really, really, really good for everyone. There, there isn't really a reason why we shouldn't be moving at all. So let's just put this out there to begin with. Backbending especially, why is there a reason to do backbending? And I'm not talking about scoliosis specific right now. I'm talking about general backbending. Um, what is the purpose of it? It's kind of balancing out whatever else you're doing. So chances are, I don't know how you're watching this right now, but you might be watching this on your phone, right? So chances are that your chest is kind of, that your shoulders are slightly rolled forward that your head is maybe forward, that your upper back is in a rounded position. Maybe you're taking a break from work. Maybe you're sitting at your desk. And uh, again, you might be sitting at, you know, at a, at a desk, rounded shoulders, hunched forward, watching this. So think of all the activities you do during the day where you're actually going into flexion, where you're actually going into rounding. Hi, Jilly Bean from, from Derbyshire, UK. Thank you so much for joining. Um, so yes, think maybe of some of those day-to-day -day activities that you do where you go into this closing up of the front of the chest, the rounding of the shoulders, the head comes forward. And I can think of quite a few things that I do during my day-to-day -day life where I would be in this position. That would be working at my desk, um, it would be driving, cooking, um, there's a, a gardening, there's a lot of things that we do where we're kind of going into this position. So Huda is saying, can you talk about the bulging of scapula associated with scoliosis? Yes, we can, we can talk about this too. And I will get into the specifics, but let me cover the backbending first and um, then I will answer your question. So the reason of backbending is to create some balance to all the forward bending that we do, right? So um, this is one of the, the, the benefits. So it doesn't mean that everyone needs to backbend, right? Maybe that's not you. Maybe you don't kind of uh, see yourself in, in this kind of type of group of people that is doing a lot of flexion, but chances are that we need it, right? So backbending is, is great to open the, the front line of the body, which kind of gets closed up quite a lot in day-to-day -day activities. What it does as well, if we're 
looking at backbending and, and I will be talking um, about some specific poses, for example, cobra pose um, or shalabhasana, things like that, they contract the back muscles. So they are actually strengthening for the, for the back. Again, another really, really good reason to do this. Um, from an energetic point of view, those of you who are practicing yoga, maybe um, you can tell me some of the benefits that you experience in your bodies, right? If I backbend, depending on what type of pose I do, I feel uh, energized, I feel like I'm opening, um, kind of, kind of, I can breathe better, right? There's this whole opening of the front of the body. Um, yeah, I just feel like there's generally a lot more energy flowing. Now, can this be, can this be proven by science and paper? Does this actually happen? Maybe, maybe not. It doesn't really matter, but that's what I feel in my body. So always think about why you do things. Um, obviously, when we're talking about scoliosis, we have to um, kind of think of the mechanics a little bit more. So um, Huda, Huda, I don't know, sorry if I'm saying your name right, but she was already already saying that there's this bulging of the scapula, for example, on one side, right? There's one shoulder blade that is sticking out a little bit more and the other one is kind of pushed in a little bit more. We've got another way of, of finding the asymmetries. There's, there might be one side which feels like it's a little bit more bulky. For example, if you have a lumbar scoliosis, you might feel that one side of your lower back bulges out more and the other one kind of pushes forwards a little bit more. Ribs, that's another big one. So can you feel, again, depends on your curvature, but is one side of the rib cage sticking out at the front more than the other, right? So very, very typical with, with scoliosis that there are these kind of imbalances. Now, what happens if you do go into a back bend? If you go into a back bend, you are not going to all of the sudden be completely symmetrical and just be in a backbend. No, you will take your pattern, your scoliosis pattern, also into your backbend. Now, what does that mean? It means that one side is going to bend more than your other side, right? So if you're looking at lumbar scoliosis, for example, one side is slightly pushed forward, the other one is rotated back, add a backbend on top, there's even more bending now in one side and kind of a little bit less bending on the other side. So this is kind of one of the, the problematic things of, of the backbending. And this is why I find that a lot of people with scoliosis struggle with it, right? They find it difficult and they find, and I always found this when I did kind of the more uh, intense practices of Ashtanga yoga, that it kind of seemed to make matters worse. And I'm not saying that the scoliosis got worse. I'm not saying that my curve increased, but the general feeling of this imbalance of, at one side is like, yes, I can backbend, this is amazing. And the other side is saying, uh, no, I don't like it. I don't want it. Um, so again, let me know if this is 
if this is maybe something that you have experienced before, um, backbending in general, and I just got this book out of the, the bookshelf here. I don't know if anyone is familiar with this McKenzie method. It's quite a it's quite an old school physiotherapy type recommended book. Um, first kind of published in the in, in 1980, I think. So it's been around for a while, but it's still being recommended by a lot of physiotherapists. Um, so it's called Treat Your Treat Your Own Back. And this is full of cobra poses. It's full of back extension. This is another way of, of talking about it. So it's an it's full of poses that will take you into a back bend. And the whole kind of theory about this is that it will help to find a little bit more length and kind of go against your daily habitual pattern. So I'm gonna pause here for a little moment and see if anyone has got anything to chip in. So Shamala is saying, sometimes I get, let me bring this up. Sometimes I get sciatic pain from backbends. Do I need to make adjustments or just avoid? Any specific types, Shamala? So you might want to, um, you might want to say which poses maybe um, are causing you the problem. So sciatic pain is obviously a one-sided pain going down on um, around one leg. So poses I find sometimes that are more helpful for sciatic pain are kind of wide-legged forward bends. Um, yeah, I find they they are they kind of stretching that sciatic nerve. So anything where you're going into backbend, what you're doing, you're shortening the back line, right? You're contracting the hamstrings. So yes, sometimes the sciatic nerve can get a little bit kind of irritated. Again, it's, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't say it, uh, that you shouldn't do it, but maybe do a little bit less of it. So again, that's why I'm asking um, Shamala if there's any specific pose where this might come up. And generally, if we are talking about pain, um, pain is a way of your body communicating with you. It's a way of your body telling you, giving you information about what is going on. It doesn't always mean don't do it at all. Sometimes it does. Obviously, if you bring your hand onto uh, uh, the hot stove and um, that you'll get some information there, that definitely means take your hand off, right? Don't do that because you're going to get hurt. That's not always the case with exercise, right? There is some um, movements that we can make that maybe give you some feedback. But it might just mean uh, this is unfamiliar or I've never done this before. I don't like it because it's going against my shape. Um, but it doesn't mean that you're going to injure yourself, right? So we have to differentiate a little bit um, about this. So cobra and camel pose is Shamala saying. And Camel pose, I find, is a really, really tricky one. I do enjoy a little bit of cobra pose. So let's 
think about it in this way. So Cobra pose, and I'm not not just specific for sciatic pain, but just for anyone with scoliosis. I'll show you my version of the Cobra pose, which I really, really like, and which I think it kind of gives us a little bit more integrity of the whole spine. So it doesn't just bend into those flexible areas, right? So for this one, I'm going to use my bolster and I'm putting it, so I'm talking through this for those of you who are not on the on the video and who are listening to this um, on your podcast app. So I'm taking my yoga bolster and I'm taking it lengthways on my yoga mat. And first of all, I'm just going to rest the front of my pelvis and my whole upper body onto this bolt onto this bolster so it's not actually a back bend at all at this point i'm just kind of resting here for a moment allowing myself to adjust to this position and what it does because the the pelvis is elevated what this is going to do is going to take the back bending out of the lower back a little bit more so this is usually what happens if you practice a back bend without any support and I tell you to do a cobra pose it might look like this now can you see where my back bends everything is happening right here right and I would call this compression so it's getting really really compressed in this area um, this whole area is taking all the strain now it also happens to me happens to be the um, my main curvature is a lumbar curve. So this is also the biggest part of my scoliosis. So is that a good way to open the chest, open the heart? No, not really. All that it does is that it's compressing my lower back. So with the bolster, I am in a much better starting position. So can you see that my lower back is already enjoying a little bit more space? And then I don't have to go very high, right? I can really use my legs now. I can lengthen through my legs. I can reach through my legs. So I'm lifting my knees off the ground. And then I'm thinking about the crown of the head lengthening away. And remember, what is the purpose of the, of the, um, of the back bending is back strengthening so yes i would like to feel my back muscles contract but i would also like to open the front of my chest so i'm thinking about broadening through the collarbones and lengthening i'm even taking my hands a little bit wider than um, mat width so that i can really broaden and open through the chest so this feels much better and maybe you can see that the back bend is much more evenly distributed through my whole spine rather than previous version i'm not going to do it too much because i don't want to come out of here with back pain where it's literally just happening in one area of the back in my lower back so Pausing here. <laughs> and let's have a little look what everyone's saying. So let me know if this makes sense. Okay, so. Uh, da, 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 da. 
Right. I know there's some different topics here going on in the chat. So I'm going to I'm going to look at the the backbending first. <laughs> so Laura saying camel is very uncomfortable for me. Cobra is a wonderful way of releasing psoas and the way you did it protect your lower back. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. And this is another reason why backbending could be nice. Right. And even the camel pose is because um, Yes, you are opening the front of the hips, right? You you are lengthening this whole space. If you are sitting a lot, right? Imagine I'm sitting sitting at on a chair rather than on my heels, but I'm shortening this whole section here, the front of the hips. Now, if I'm kind of going towards a camel pose, which is probably as far as I would go, to be honest, um, I'm opening this, this whole front area here. Good. So let's see. So Huda's saying, can thoracic scoliosis be corrected with yoga or exercises in general? Because uh, doctors here told me that scoliosis in the thoracic area is harder since it involves the rib also. Yes, absolutely it is. There is much more involved because the whole rib cage is, um, is rotated as well. So um, it's definitely a harder one to work with. Good. Um, Right. Yes. Okay. Taylor is saying, apologize, this is not on topic for backbending. That's okay. I'm just giving you the opportunity, guys, to ask your questions about backbending and to, if you want me to demonstrate a pose, um, because I am in my practice space today, I can do that for you. Um, but I found that I have a tendency to lean curve to the left in forearm stand and headstand. When I correct it, it feels uneven, no pain though. Okay, when you correct it, it feels uneven. Yes, it will because your body has adjusted to your scoliosis, right? Your, for you, it's normal to be in your scoliosis pattern. It's normal to be in that. and. I don't think you've told me what type of scoliosis you have, but for example, if you have a um, thoracic scoliosis, um, I'm trying to see if you said which <laughs> which um, which curvature you've got got. But if you have a thoracic scoliosis, it feels normal for you, right, to slightly lean over to the side in standing let's say, just in standing. When we take you out of your curve pattern, it will be unfamiliar. So obviously, if you take this now upside down into forearm stand or into a headstand, this is even harder, right? It will feel even more wonky at the end of the day um, than when you practice this in standing. So I would suggest that you, first of all, you practice your standing awareness taking yourself out of your habitual pattern where you draw in from your thoracic convexity, you lengthen through the concavity. Can you maintain this when you come into your forearm stand? And you mentioned um, 
scapular winging before. So that would be if, for example, your right shoulder blade is winging out, can you really draw that in and get it in towards the midline before you even go into your forearm stand, right? You're just preparing, be there for a moment, really working on that, and then you go into your um, forearm stand. Oops, a little bit blurry here for a moment. But this would be my suggestion. And I have with, uh, worked with someone um, on her headstands and it took her quite a long time. And she was very, um, she had a quite a big thoracic curvature. She had about a 45 degree cop angle. So quite a big curve. And if she wasn't standing, like standing up, she, you would not even notice her scoliosis. She was so kind of body aware and she could really adjust it, take her upside down. Everything kind of got completely out of alignment. So I'm not saying that you cannot do it, but I would say it's hard. It's really, really difficult and it might need um, quite a lot of practice. Okay. Other suggestions other than just working towards straight? I'm not quite sure um, what you mean. Locust pose with arms and legs lifted is very strengthening and a great warm up for more backbends. Feels like the safest way to avoid compressing anything. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, I would agree with that. Not everyone can do it though straight away. So this is another thing to consider that um, sometimes even those poses might be a little bit too much, especially if there is a lot of tightness, a lot of tension, um, a lot of compression going on. So I would always say with, with backbending, especially, and you, you're mentioning obviously preparing for backbending, I think that's a really, really good idea that you go from a small backbend to slightly bigger backbend to a bigger backbend, working it up that way, not just throwing yourself into kind of a stronger wheel pose or anything like that. Um, but even some of those milder backbends could be difficult for for some people and in this case i would i would say maybe to start with some of the restorative backbends and maybe starting there um, before kind of even attempting some of these more difficult poses so for example the one that i wanted to show you guys today is a simple very simple um, one blanket backbend. And I show you um, the way that Judith Hansen Lasseter, that she, she teaches it. So she, you have to kind of fold the blankets a little bit more neatly than what I did. Um, let's see, there we go. So you're making kind of this rectangle shape with a blanket, how long or how wide it is depends on your shape. For me, it's kind of uh, the 
the longer way that it would work. And you want the top edge of the blanket to be lined up with the lower edge of your shoulder blades. And then your tailbone would just be kind of dropping off here on the other end. And then you're just kind of lying yourself back. And you get a nice opening here across the front of the chest. And then you get a little bit of lengthening now into your um, lower back as well. Now, if you have a quite a big low dosis, so if you have quite a large inward curvature in your lower back, then you don't need more opening in this area, in which case I would open the blanket up and sit on it and then just have the opening across the front of the chest in this way, just receiving a little bit of space, a little bit of breath in this way. So this is a really gentle way of um, easing yourself into some of the harder poses and some of the, um, the stronger back bends as well. Good. Does that make sense? So one more thing that I wanted to address um, with the, the backbending that we might have to be a little bit careful of, mindful of, and this is not to say that you cannot do it. It just means that it takes more work and it takes a lot of awareness and it takes a lot of practice. Uh, Backbends that also involve an asymmetry or also involve a type of twist, right? So we've got, for example, things like um, a pigeon pose, like a king pigeon pose. And again, I'm not very good at it because I don't practice it. So it would be something like this. Again, I, I can't do it very well, but some people can bring their head towards the, towards the foot. That would be an example of um, a backbend with an asymmetry in it. Um, or you can, there's another one called wild thing, which is kind of a backbend where you're reaching one arm away. So there's a little bit of a twist in there. These are some very, very tricky poses, especially with um, scoliosis, because there is already an asymmetry there. Good. So let me know if that makes sense. Um, I'm hoping that I did answer your question. I'm trying to keep my back chats a little bit shorter <laughs> because I just want to give you a little bit of inspiration. I want you to get on your mat, right, and, and feel some of these things in your own body. I don't want scoliosis to ever hold you back. Um, my aim is to inspire you to get onto your map, not to kind of put you off your, your practice. Um, so that's Liz. I think good morning, Christine. Is your bolster there a, a hugger mugger? <laughs> I have a curve similar to yours. My bolster, Liz, is this one is from... It doesn't even say. I think it's from uh, Yoga Mattis, to be honest, but it's quite a fairly standard um, bolster. And I will 
um, put some links in it as well of some bolsters that I recommend. So some of the bolsters are very firm and very hard. And that is quite suitable if you're doing things like Cobra, for example, you want you want this quite high up. You want this to be quite firm. You don't want it to be too squashy, right? That's going to give you a lot more support for this type of pose. And there's, of course, lots of different um, poses that you can do with them. And yes, I know, I know that you're Liz. Yes, I know you're a regular here. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, not not a hugger mugger. <laughs> But um, again, most of the kind of yoga retailers, yoga prop retailers, the, the bolsters are fairly standard, I would say. So yes, any, anything else that you want me to go through, guys, take advantage that I'm here on my mat if you want me to um, give you another maybe suggestion of how you could make um, a pose more accessible. Ah, yes, somebody asked about camel pose. So camel pose is not one of my favorites at all. Anyone here who loves camel pose? <laughs> Tell me if you do. I'm finding that very difficult and I can show you how I practice it. I actually use a chair for camel pose. So traditionally the pose, for those of you who are practicing it, this is on your, your knees, right? I'm not gonna go all the way into it because um, I'm not warmed up. <laughs> so I would have to do a lot, a lot more kind of gentle backbends before going into it, but you could lift up through the chest and then maybe holding onto your feet. Again, I'm not gonna go into it because for me, there's a lot of bending going on in my lower back. Again, that's not the area I need to open. I need to open the chest. So what I'm doing is I'm using the chair and come close to the chair, bring my hands to the um, seat of the chair. And what this pose is great for, of course, is opening the space at the front of the hips and the quads, quad, quadriceps are getting some really nice lengthening here, right? Stretching the front line. So I can really work on that. I can really lift up through the chest. I can then really concentrate on the upper body instead of the lower half here, which is already bending enough. I don't need to bend more. And then maybe lifting up through the chest a little bit more. So I'm getting a really nice stretch across this area here, which is what I'm much more interested in than in grabbing my feet, right? And getting myself into the um, into the full pose. Good, Taylor saying thank you for answering my inversion question. <laughs> You're welcome. I hope that it helps. Um, so yes, let me let me know maybe next time if <laughs> if if there's anything mm, if anything that you observed. Really, the best thing to do is to take your practice right back to the simple poses before you go into any of the difficult ones. Good, you're very welcome, Linda. So thank you so much, guys. Next week, I've got um, 
Vivian here. Vivian, who is going to be talking about her scoliosis correction exercises. So um, yeah, come and join me for that. That's going to be interesting. And I've got a few other interviews lined up, um, just talking to different people with their different approaches. As we're all here learning, sharing information, and really we're all wanting to um, make sure that we can manage the condition, that we can we can improve, and we can find lots and lots of balance and happiness, joy, being in our bodies. Good. Uh, Jilly Bean is saying, thanks, Christine. I have a large thoracolumbar curve. Always been wary of doing any back pins, but what you have demonstrated has shown me I can try some safely. Ah, fantastic. That means I've done my job. <laughs> Good. Yes, absolutely. You can do them safely and you don't have to do everything that everyone else does in a group setting, especially those of you who are going back to group classes. Um, you can do less and that's absolutely fine. Just make sure that you listen to your body and listening to the information it's giving you. Good. So thank you so much, guys. And I hope to see you next week. Bye, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did I would be super grateful if, if you could leave me a five-star rating and review which will help me to create lots more amazing content. If you have any questions or suggestions reach out to me on Instagram at yogaberry.scoliosis or visit my website at www.yogaberry.net.